PSA. Send all your clips ASAP to talkingschmidt at gmail.com. Trying to make a video for the end of the year. Want you involved. Yo, this is TJ Rogers, and you're talking to Talking Schmidt. Hey, hey, hey. Talking Schmidt. I'm already not watching. It's cool. Like, tonight is the night. Damn, this is like the coolest thing I'm ever going to do. I wouldn't say it was fun. What do you mean? Well, Christian Fletcher's younger brother. Fuck the Dodgers. All big dogs in. What do you think, Dolan? Beyond Schmidt. Talking Schmidt. Alpha macaroni. Most of these guys, their opinion don't matter. Talking Schmidt, right? It's skateboarding. I remember that. Talking Schmidt. What are yuns doing? Holy shit. Skateboarding homies. No, Schmidt, you can't jump in. What is happening? Yes, we are. Wi-Fi check one, Wi-Fi check two. Hey, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is that you decide to listen to your podcast. This is Smitty, and I got a good one today. I'm with TJ Rogers, and we haven't talked, we just were talking, and we haven't talked for over a few years, probably pre-pandemic, almost for sure. So we're going to find out about TJ, but we're also going to catch up like homies and get acquainted with uh, 2023 lifestyles. How you doing, TJ? I'm doing good, brother. How you been? Timothy James Poulin? Poulin? Poulin. It's uh, it's French-Canadian. All right. Okay. But it's Rogers too, you know? So you were born up in Canada, what, Toronto, right? Yeah, I just grew up just outside of Toronto, like about 40 minutes away. How was how was uh growing up in up there um as far as skateboarding like how like were you inspired by people or did like how did the skateboard come to you? It kind of it kind of came into my my life around like I was eight or nine. So I was like probably like 1999, 2000 era. And um, I went to like the local skate park that just got built and there was an audio demo going on. Mm, audio and, shoes. Yeah, exactly. I forget all the skaters that were there, but I remember there were a couple of local guys skating too and whatnot, but I believe one of the pros, I was like on a bike at the time. I wasn't even skating. Okay. And um, I was like on one of the ramps and one of the like pros were like yelling at me, like, get off the ramp with the bike, you know, like, <laughs> and I was like, damn, like harsh. But I was a little kid. I had no business being up there. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, so I went down the ramp and I got so scared, you know, like going down that because it was kind of like a, it was like a little roll in, you know. But uh, yeah, anyways, ended up like throwing out the bike and got aboard the next day. <laughs> wow. Dude. Was the skater Tony Hawk? I honestly, I have no clue. I wish <laughs> it, I could. It give had them to have been Bam. Actually, it was probably Bam. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. It, it could have been so many. Like there was a stack of people there, and I wish I remember who because I could give him like credit because like he definitely got me into it. But yeah, I, fuck, it's too long ago. <laughs> so you kind of got vibed for being on a bike, and that's what brought you to skating. Yeah, definitely. Damn. Okay. Because I just, I just seen like how skateboarding had like such a tight core group of like homies that were just like it was just like it made me want to be a part of that you know like being like at a such a young age being like so influenced like you know as you're a kid you're like so easily influenced that's what I meant to say and like you know like you're just at the park and you see all these guys like vibing out having such a fun time you're like fuck I want to be a part of that you know right so that was sick 
Yeah, I mean, skateboarding's always kind of had its just like almost club vibe where it's like, dude, we're in Toronto, hit these dudes up. You're in Minnesota, hit these dudes up. And like, you've never met them, but I'll send your best friends on day one because you all have that common vibe. Exactly, yeah. It's family, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. Dude, so who were like the early inspos for you? I mean, I'm trying to figure this out because Apple Yard's probably like not that much older than you or do you, or is he one of the dudes? It's so funny uh, that you said Apple Yard. I literally was just texting with him like five minutes ago. Uh, um, but yeah, no. So Apple Yard was definitely like a huge influence, um, but also like Grant Patterson and Wade Desarmo. Okay. Um, you know, because like those were like, Apple Yard at that time when I started skating, he already had moved to like California and he just got skater of the year, et cetera. So Uh, like that was kind of like, he was like way ahead, but he like obviously was so influential, but like the people that I seen all the time were like Morgan Smith, um, you know, Grant Wade, like I'd always see them in videos, Spencer Hamilton. mm -hmm. He's like a couple of years older than me, but I always like was a huge fan of him ever since I was a kid. There's a bunch of other cats too. Um, from like the West coast and East coast. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, those are like the, definitely the main ones. So when you got into skating, kind of, was it like almost a hardcore, like light switch where you're like eating up all the magazines and videos and putting stuff all on your walls or like, what kind of yeah. kid are you? Yeah, it was a little bit of both. I mean, I definitely, I had uh, definitely a wild upbringing. It wasn't very consistent, but I definitely, when I found skateboarding, I felt like there was some sense of consistency in my life to where like I'd go to the skate park every day. And yeah, like I definitely had photos and all that stuff all over my walls. And like, I even had this like little wooden box that had all my tech decks in it as a kid. And I'd write, I'd like try and draw it. I try and draw like the Spitfire logos, like all of the logos, like the DC logo, like the S, like all of them um, on the box. And it was like, I'd write like all my goals on paper and like put them in the box, you know, like when I was a kid, it was, it was sick. Uh-huh. That's rad. Uh, one of those, one of those kids, I guess. <laughs> so, so how do you, I'm, I'm guessing shop, right? Skate shops, like your first, maybe like getting flowed or like introducing you to like, if you do this, you could get some wheels or I don't know. That's usually like the route it is, is you get skateboarding in your blood. Then you start going to shops. You start watching the videos. You start getting the mag. Pretty soon you're like, dude, I want to get in the mag. I, I want a photo in there. How do I do this? And then you just start ripping. And then all of a sudden you're friends with a photographer and a videographer and sponsor me. Like, is that the same way that it's going in Toronto or? Yeah, to a certain degree. It's definitely a lot slower pace out there, um, sure, especially yeah. especially younger, like 20 years ago. Like the the videos and everything, it wasn't as, um, you know, not oversaturated, I wouldn't want to say, but not as much was going on, you know? Uh-huh. So uh, it was just trying, kind of to a point that uh, I, at a young age, just honestly always just make made goals for myself at the park, always just try to skate and just like have fun. And it like helped me like, through all like my personal stuff that was going on in life too, you know? So it kind of just like helped me like ground myself and just like keep me busy ultimately. And um, yeah, I ended up like kind of getting sponsored by a couple shops and like indoor skate parks. Like I have this one indoor skate park called 905. And then when that kind of happened, that's when like he, I really got like the understanding of like what a sponsored 
skater could get. Yeah, right around that time was probably like grade eight and nine. So I was about like 13 around that time. Yeah. And then I ended up, I ended up like going into foster care, like shortly after like all this kind of was going on. So it was a little bit of blurred lines of like exactly how it went down for me. Uh Just because, like, I went into foster care and then, like, went into, like, a group home, shelter care for a little bit and then, like, got out all that when I was, like, in grade 11. So. Damn. So your first two years of high school. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, I went to high school for, like, the first, like, couple weeks with my dad. And then he ended up having to go to rehab for some, like, other shit. And then when he went to rehab... I was like staying at people's houses and then they ended up like calling in like somebody's family called him like, Hey, he needs like an actual like caregiver. So like someone like, yeah, they just took me away. Cops came, picked me up, fucking tried to run away. They just arrested me and brought me into the fucking sticks. Wait, they were like, I couldn't, well, like they didn't arrest me, arrest me, but they had to put me in cuffs because I was trying to run away from them. Cause like, Uh I was so, I was so street smart that like I could defend on my own. Like, at that time when I was getting pulled in, like I was already like selling skateboards. I was selling like chocolate bars as a kid. Like I was doing my thing, you know, like I was a little hustler just trying to make sure that I could provide for myself, you know? So when they came, were you aware that what was going on? Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, when I got picked up from the cops to like get transferred over to the foster care group, like like government, whatever it is, they, uh, like the girl that was looking after me was like, Hey, like my dad, your dad, like sent me money, like to go get you a winter jacket. Cause I didn't have one at the time. I was just wearing like two or three sweaters. And I was like, okay, cool. So like, I go back to the house on a bus. It takes me like two hours. And then by the time I get there, like I see cops out front. I'm like, Oh shit. Like something's up. Like this ain't normal. Uh-huh. And like I get in there and like, yeah, the cops are there and like fucking instantly try to book it and run away. And then they fucking, chased me down they like put me on the ground cuffed me and put me in the back of the car and they're like all right like you're not going anywhere other than with us and then like drove me like an hour or so away just to like like i said to this one house that like was really hard for me to like get around because at that time like i was in grade nine ish i was yeah i just graduated like elementary school and like i knew how to get around you know like i skated from point a to point b a bunch but like I was already pretty street smart, you know? So yeah, they had to go throw me somewhere where I didn't know anything. (laughs) Oh shit. Okay. What what does that do for you as far as like, are you getting along with um, the foster parents or are you kind of like, fuck you guys aren't my parents vibe or is it in between that or what's the vibe? It's a little bit of both. Uh Um, Definitely at times, I'm such a young kid. I don't know how to control my emotions properly. And, you know, I get mad at little the little things sometimes. But all in all, they obviously tried to have my best interest. But the only thing that really pissed me off when I was a kid was they're, them trying to, like, take my skateboard away and mm. then punishing me, like, and not letting me skateboard when, like, that was the only thing that, like, gave me my sanity and, like, helped me get through what I was going through, you know? Right. So, yeah, that was like the only conflict that I truly had with them, you know? Interesting, because I've gone through a lot of therapy and through therapy, I didn't realize this at the time, but my parents were divorced, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I grew up with my mom 
all, all my mom raising. And looking back, it seems like that kind of pushed me to skateboarding even more because it was me getting out of the house and hooking up with bros and kind of learning maybe like a dude mentality, like not taking anything. I love my mom, everything, but having her raise you and then being with the bros and kind of learning about like more masculine type things and stuff. Like, I think that really pushed and then it was like that feeling of we're getting away with stuff and we're doing, you know, you're kind of like an evil kid, but kind of not evil. Like you, there, you could be doing a lot worse things, but you're, you're That's breaking right. into schools and skating and, and doing these weird things. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, a, I wonder, is, was that kind of for you, like maybe pushing you to, I want to be out of the house as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like we kind of skipped a little bit going into like straight into the foster care kind of thing. But like growing up, like I didn't have the best upbringing, but I I had somewhat of like a decent like upbringing as well. Like my parents were never together, but then I kind of lived with my mom for like the first like eight years of my life. Right. Eight, nine. And then I started, I like, she was kind of like in her own drug habits and I would like I, this is right when I started skating and I ended up like stealing her weed and like her mushrooms and stuff. And like, I'd go sell it at the skate park mm-hmm. and like she got wind where like, I was going to get taken away from her at a younger age. And then she was like, well, I can't provide for him. So like my dad ended up taking me oh, and then okay. I, I moved in with my dad. And then when I moved in with my dad, he kind of like, he built the CN Tower stairs. Like he was in the iron workers union. Like he was a really successful man at a, at a point in his life, you know? And then he ended up like having a bad incident at home. Like he started his own business and he cut off two of his fingers on a table saw oh. at home. And then that's kind of when he went into his depression and then mm. he lost, like we lost the house. We lost everything. But like at one point, like, you know, I was definitely like, I had it all too, you know, like he, I had a little dirt bike, you know, like the whole nine yards. I had the whole nine yards. Like I've had the best upbringing to also the shittiest upbringing, you know? So that's how like I can kind of decipher and like appreciate everything that comes my way, you know, because I, I, I know the levels to everything, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. It was crazy. I didn't really know that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was pretty wild. And then, yeah, when my dad cut off his fingers, that's kind of when, like, he started, like, doing oxys. And then, like, when he was doing oxys, like, he was doing, like, 80, 18, 80 milligrams, like, a day. And he wouldn't just, like, it, he wouldn't just swallow them. Like, he'd be snorting them, and then he started to inject them. And that's when, like, I kind of got into the play, like, where he was showing me how to, like, do a lot of this shit, you know? Like, oh, firsthand. Okay. And then when I was, like, I remember we just, like, lost that house we were living in a hotel for three months. And then after the three months, we moved into like this kind of like this crack house in like the South central of like our hometown. And like, he fucking like, yeah, he was just cooking crack all day. Like just doing his shit, you know, and like guns on the tables, da da da. And then that was kind of like within like six months to eight months of living there. Like I just graduated grade eight. And then that was kind of like a wake up to him. Cause like, he was like, damn, like he's getting older and he's like seeing this firsthand like this. He's like, I got to clean up. So like, that's when he went to like rehab, you know? And then, yeah. Then when he went to rehab, like I was kind of on my own already. Like at that point, like I had like some random like local companies, like 
getting me to like distribute their boards. Like they gave me like 50 boards on like consignment and I'd go sell them to like homies and skate shops and I'd oh, make okay. like 10, 15 bucks a board, you know, like I, like I said, I was a little hustler, like when Damn. I was a kid, you know? Uh huh. So yeah. And then, yeah. Fucking foster care. But right when I got out of foster care, I ended up, uh, winning like my first contest at DC nationals, which is like this like Canadian contest. And I won like the regionals, which is like the province, like like the state. And then I won like a free trip to the Slam City Gym in 2006. Oh, sick. In Vancouver. And then, and, no, it was actually in Calgary. It was the last one that they did. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then um, ended up going out there, had a great time. And then that's kind of when I got like, I, see, I seen Grant Patterson for my first time. I seen Greg Lutz. I seen all of these like massive pros at that time mm. at that contest, you know? And that's kind of when I really, really got introduced to like how big skateboarding really was, you know? And that's, then I ended up like getting my first sponsor there. Like my first real sponsor, I got sponsored by Circa Shoes. That and was then, your first sponsor? Was a shoe sponsor? Yeah, for random enough. And that's, and that's the hardest one to get. It took me years to get on it. Like it was crazy how that worked. But uh -huh. yeah, back in the day, like, yeah, they hooked me up with like shoes, just like flow through like uh, the sales rep out there. But like, it was sick, you know? Fuck yeah. Who who was the guy that, like, who was the one that kind of, whatever, discovered you and, and wanted to put you on? Um, It was actually, like, one of my homies uh, named Saifa Benson who does the bun. He's, oh. He was he was good friends with this guy named Virgil. Um, This guy, I forget his last name, but his name is Virgil. And uh, he, like, lived in Toronto, and he was a Circa TM at the time, like, or, like, the sales brand sales guy. And, like, he was like, yo, like, you got to hook this guy up with shoes. And, like, I already talked to, like, this girl, Dominique Morissette, who was, like, the girl in Canada at the time as well, like, on the West Coast mm. at Slam City Jam. And they're like, oh, yeah, hit up Virgil. Like, we'll make sure to get you something. And, like, that was kind of, like, how I got, you know, some shoes at that point. It was pretty sick. <laughs> Especially, like, just coming out of foster care and, like, seeing all this shit firsthand. Like, I seen Leo Baker, like, out there skating. Like, that was, like, the first person I seen skating, like, a oh, street wow. spot. Like, when I got off the flight and going to the venue, like, he was skating out front, like, filming. I was like, holy shit, like, this is crazy, you know? Like, it was sick. So, then, what's your first board sponsor like or what comes next as far as sponsors go are you do you do you actually put together a sponsor me tape at some point yeah for sure i mean i started at that point like right after i got out of foster care that's kind of when i started to like be able to really film mm. and like i was able to like go to like toronto and film a lot more and then that's kind of when like the doors really open for me and I mean, I still obviously had some turbulence, like where I went to like this, like family residency in like grade 11 in like Scarborough, which is like the hood mm -hmm. um, and some other shit. But like, yeah, I was just like, honestly, really driven to just like skate as much as I could whenever I could. And like the one thing that I always told my dad and like my family, I was like, oh, I'll graduate high school. But after that, like I'm skating. They're like, oh, well, what are you going to do after skating? I'm like, I'll figure it out. You know, just right now. I have a vision and I want to do this. So I'm going to do that, you know, because this is what's making me happy. And are, at the same time, are you kind of California dreaming and thinking about like getting to the U S cause you're seeing like the industries down there and that kind of stuff. Or are you not really aware of that yet? I, I wasn't aware of that yet. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> at that point I was just still like a little kid, just like 
trying to just, you know, gain XP and grow, uh-huh. you know? And like, once I finally like, so I ended up like getting onto like this Canadian distribution called S and J sales and they ended up like hooking me up and they gave me like the whole package where I got originally, actually it was blueprint random oh. enough blueprint thunder and spitfire, I believe, or it was venture. Um, and then I rocked with that for a minute, for a couple months, and then Blueprint wasn't a thing anymore. I had an ad for them in the Canadian mag. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. And then, and then, yeah, a couple months after, I ended up getting on Real through the Canadian distro. And then I was rocking with Real for a minute, and I was, like, starting to film pretty, like, a lot at that point, like, in 2007, eight, And I was sending, like, a lot of footage over to them, and... I don't think at one point, like it, I didn't, they were only sending or the, the distribution was only allowed to give me a certain amount of boards a month. And I was going through that like way too quick. So they ended up like being like, Hey, we can't do much else for you. And then I ended up talking with Morgan Smith and then Morgan told me to like send my footage to blind. And then I did. And then that's kind of how I got on blind. Oh, wow. Okay. So mm-hmm. what what was your early go-tos like if you were trying to impress or like something that you knew you were good at like what was like what was what would you like what would be on your early sponsor me tape Um it's just a little bit of like were you skating stairs and stuff or mo- yeah. more ledge technical or like what The ledge skating didn't really come into play until later on Um, it was more or less kind of, I was just trying to be well-rounded and everything. Like when I grew up, I skated a lot of transition and like quarter pipes and stuff. Oh, okay. So it was, yeah, like I kind of had like a little bit of like, you know, transition, like experience to where I liked doing that sometimes. Oh my God. Fire alarm was going on. Like those sponsors, like you're on real and stuff, but it's through a distributor. So you're not probably even talking to Jim or anybody at real. No, I wasn't talking to anyone at real, but like, I know I had a bunch of footage and I got them to send it to like Mickey and Jim and everyone at that time. And I don't think that they were down at that point. Maybe, maybe Mm. my footage just wasn't at the caliber of where everyone else was or whatever. Right. It doesn't matter. It's no harm, no foul. I don't care. Yeah. But um, yeah, they ended up like didn't really saying anything further. So I was like kind of like trying to just find some board company to get on through the States, to be honest, because at that time, like I was like, OK, I know I need to go to the States. Like I had, think I just went to Miami for my very first trip. And uh-huh. I like I drove out there with my homie Mitch Barrett and like a bunch of homies from like Ottawa, Montreal area. They came and picked me up. And I actually went with the my friend too, Bobby the Kaiser. Oh, sick! And um, yeah, so like we all went out there, and I was yeah, it was pretty crazy. That was like 2008 February, and then yeah, freaking my very first trip to the states or to LA was January 2009. So it kind of happened pretty quick. Like after me going to the states one time and kind of like getting my like feel of it i was like damn i want to go out there more so mm. i like, think i went out there for like phoenix am and went out there a couple different times as well for other contests like maybe tampa amp too and then i ended up finally like going out to cali and then that's kind of i think i just got on blind like flow 
it, I got on blindfold like in 2008 at some point. So, yeah, that all makes sense. Huh. Yeah. So when you get to Cali and stuff, are you aware of spots? Like, are you like kind of a skateboard <laughs> tourist where you're like, dude, there's that, there's this, or is that, are you still kind of green? I'm a little bit of both. I think, I mean, I definitely knew of certain spots, but it was more or less like the most famous iconic spots. Like I didn't know every single spot going down, but when I was looking out the window, I'd see shit. I'm like, Oh, check that. Like, Oh yeah, this guy did this on that. I was like, Oh shit. You know, that's Um, always my favorite. Like when people come to SF and they're like, let's go to Wallenberg. Like I haven't been there. Like, let's go to EMB. Like I want to see these places and, Mm -hmm. and you see people, especially for something like Wallenberg where you're like, you watch them and you're like, Oh shit. Like it's a lot different than I thought or whatever, you know? Uh, Definitely. Yeah. I got shook. I got shook. Like I remember, at one point, I think it was my first trip out there. I like went out and I was like, Oh, I want to go check out El Toro, you know, like just look at it type shit. And then yeah. ended up, ended up looking at it and I kept claiming, I was like, Oh, I want to switch one idiot. I want to switch an idiot. But then I got there and I got so scared. I was like, yeah, fuck that. Like, I'm not doing that. It's way too big. Like, give me another year. My legs are still like growing, you know? <laughs> and then I, uh, I ended up like, talking to Weiss again and then I went to go stay out there and then or actually no how this happened I went to Arizona to go skate with my homies we came out to LA for a weekend just to skate and then on our way home after the weekend I was like pretty sore and tired but we're like yo let's just go look at it again you know like just wanted to get a feel for it again for whatever reason and I was like yo fuck it I'm gonna try it and it was just like one filmer and like another homie and just me and then I ended up trying it like seven times at sunset. I like kicked out first one, landed on the second one, third, fourth, fifth. I I kicked out on the last one, the seventh one, and it like fucked up my heel. And like I couldn't walk. And like we just drove home. And then that was like on a Sunday. And I didn't skate for a full week. And then like that next Monday, I was actually flying back to Canada. And I was like, damn, like I don't want to leave without landing that now because I know I could do it. I landed on it. Uh-huh. So I asked my homies to drive me all the way from Arizona back to LA. So, and they were down. So like I hit a lease and I was like, yo, like I landed on switch on 80. Like I'm going to come back out there like on Sunday. Um, I'm going to drive out there in the morning. Like, let's fucking do this. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll call Thrasher photographer. Uh, we'll be ready for you. And we're like, cool. So we left Arizona at like four in the morning or something like that. <laughs> and then, then drove all the way to like Lake Forest area. We went to this one gap. It's not scalable anymore, but it was like a big grass gap over a sidewalk. It was like out of school. I mm-hmm. switch flipped it in the same part uh, with the Switch 180. Um, Morgan Smith backside flipped the gap too. It's a good gap. Um, but uh, we went there and like I already switch flipped it, but I didn't get a photo. And since Ben was there, Weiss was like, yo, let's just shoot a photo. So I ended up going there. I did a second try randomly. Like I was just feeling good that day. Nice. Got the got the photo, and then we went straight to El Toro, and then got El Toro second try. Landed yeah. on the first try, slipped I, out, and then yeah, landed it. I was gonna say it was early. I think right. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. yeah it was. It was like before noon, like before all this shit went down, and then we went to right after that. I was like, all right, let's go skate. Let's hit another set before I gotta fucking drive all the way home. 
Like, you guys, you're, you're fucking nuts. And I was like, well, fuck, let's make the most of the day, you know? Uh-huh. So ended up like going to this other double set uh, down the street. It was like a four flat four or something like that. And then I tray flipped it. And then we was like, yo, we're working on a video. We want this shit to be in it. And like, we want to introduce you to the team. And I was like, okay, sick. Thanks. And then that was like my shit. I drove home and then went back to Canada the next day. And then, Within a year, the footage came out, and then I kind of got put on blind. What was that first video? Uh, it was called This Is Not a Test. Okay, so that was the first one you were in, This Is Not a Test. Mm-hmm. Damn. I mean, I had a mag minute and certain other things like prior to that. Like a No, but I mean with only. blind. Yeah, with blind. My very mm-hmm. first part was This Is Not a Test. Okay, sick, dude. And then mm-hmm. so what's it like after that? getting maybe to go on your first trip or something and hanging out with some of the team and getting to know Weiss better and all that kind of stuff. Like, is it a U.S. trip or do you guys go to Europe or like what's some of their early stuff? Like where you're actually bonding with maybe some guy that you didn't know that well or whatever. For sure. I mean, my very first trip out there in 09, like I was on blind at that point, but I was staring at Jared Lucas's house. He was like, he was a team. Yeah, he was saying, he was a, yeah, you know, Jared um so i would always go stay at i stayed at his house and i got introduced to like romar then and he wasn't even on blind um and then met him he was super cool and then we hit me up and was like yo what do you think about him I'm like fuck yeah like get him on and then he got introduced quickly um and so i got to know kev pretty well like pretty early on and i was always a fan of him and then i knew ronnie a little bit like i met him and he was like a legendary icon obviously Mm. I was a little intimidated talking to him and James Craig. And then James kind of was like leaving at the time that I was starting to come out to um, Cali a lot. And then, yeah, Jake, I don't know if he, I think he was still on to a certain extent. Morgan was on, but then Morgan kind of left shortly after as well. And then, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty close. I was pretty close with some of the team. Like definitely I wasn't close with all of them. Just because, like, you know, some of us live so far away from each other, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. Whenever we're, like, around, we always try to make a point to, like, kick it with each other and say what up and what not, you know? Okay. But, uh, yeah, no. Weiss was always the man, too. Like, every time I'd come into town, like, I'd always, for a few years, like, I would, or a few times, I should say, I would go and stay at his house. I always loved kicking it with him because he was, like, a older he was like a father figure to me, you know, like he really like helped me and gave me a chance out in the States Right. that um, I have like nothing but love and respect for that guy. Yeah, he's the shit. And he's got like, you know, he's got the bag. He can skate, he can film, he knows enough people, he knows enough spots. Like he's a, he's like the kind of guy you want as the TM and the homie, like all in one. Yeah, yeah well, and he also just knew my potential and like kind of pushed me when uh, like there are certain times that I wouldn't necessarily like think I'd want to do that or, you know, and I'd be like, Oh, like, yeah, I could probably do that, you know? Uh-huh. But yeah, he's definitely given me like the confidence uh, to like really like persevere and push forward when like I was doubting myself at times. What is it you think that gets you to um, the pro level? Like, are you putting out just enough video parts and getting enough photos or you're not really a contest guy, right? Or were you skating contests back then? Back then, I was definitely skating more contests. Now, I'm not really skating them as often. 
don't get me wrong, I'd be down to once in a while if like the opportunity presented itself and it was, you know, something that I was into, but I'm not really trying to like go chase that Olympic dream and like all that shit, you know, yeah. like it's not really my forte. Like I tried to a little bit, but um, it, it was sounds just, like a nightmare. That's a fucking shit show. Like it's I did it. Like I said, I did it for a little bit and it was the fucking most stupidest shit I think I like I ever did. Cause not only was I spreading myself thin, like physically, you know, trying to like do all these contests and skate like a fucking puppet. Mm. But like I was mentally like exhausted as well, you know, like sure. just trying to like go travel. Like I went like in 2019, I went to Brazil three times. I went to China twice. I went to England. I went to like all these different places just to skate a contest, just to go into this venue to skate this thing. And it wasn't even like to film for a video part or yeah. like to do any, you know, something that like I could look back on and be like, yeah, yo, like I was out there and I did that. It's like, yep. no, there's no clips of me even like of me, like being <laughs> out there and part, like all I have is clips of me fucking in a rave in the middle of fucking nowhere <laughs> in Brazil, you know, like that shit was, that's like what I have on my phone of memories of Brazil, not fucking the skate contest. So it's right. like, I'm trying to just go and like make moments and like film skate and like document it in my, like the way that I want to, you know, mm. instead of just like going to a contest, going to a venue, can only skate for an hour. And then the contest gets canceled or postponed till 1am in the morning. And then you got to skate. Like, you're just like, dude, what the fuck is this? And then you got to get COVID tests in the morning and night. Like, oh man, that was crazy. Sometimes, sometimes you get piss tests showing up in your room. You're like, fuck this, you know? Oh, like, for drugs? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, yeah. I've never, I've never done cocaine. I've never done any drugs in my life. I've smoked weed, done a little bit of acid when I was a kid. But like I've never done like pills, like any of that type of stuff ever. So like I've never been the type like, yo, if you want to piss test me, piss test me. Like, you know, but it's just frustrating when you get like woken up in the middle of the night on some random shit, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I was always telling people because I was filming contests for quite some years and people would always be like, oh, dude, you got to go here. You got to go there. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I get yeah. off the plane and go straight to the course, go from the course to the hotel, go back in the next day. Like, you're not seeing where you are. Like, it could be anywhere. Exactly. You know, and that's, that's why, like, if you go to Brazil, you want to go there like a week before or stay a week after something. So you could like, yeah. dude, that's not a fucking short plane ride. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of why I just like, I don't know. Maybe it was something else that happened along the way too, but just I got to a point where like, you know, I, I I thought of this recently and I think this is what really did it for me was like, you know, you skateboard for so long, right? Or you, we've all skated for so many years, right? But like in all honesty, like I've been, I've been skating almost like 25 years now, right? Mm. And like, you know, think about that 10 years, 3,650 days times that you know had the extra five years it's like almost ten thousand days you know when you really think about it when you're a kid your parents would always tell you in a trade like you got to work ten thousand hours to become a master at what you do like mm. you know, i've been doing my shit for ten thousand fucking days yeah you know like yo that's pretty wild you got you've been doing it longer as well like yo you're a master at your craft you know what i'm saying like i mean i've pretty, worked at pretty, thrasher for 25 years 
You know what I mean? So it's, pre- <laughs> it's pretty wild to put that into perspective sometimes mm. when you're really looking back and you're like, damn, like, absolutely. you know, like I want to start doing things the way that I want to do it, you know, because I've worked at this shit for so long that I deserve to have that, ent- like that peace of mind doing what like makes me happy, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I think that's why people branch off and start their own thing after a while is because like, you get the like this and that and the knowledge and the wisdom. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't want to have these guys tell me what I already know and how I want to do it. I want to tell myself how to do it and accomplish exactly my vision. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's similar. Like with editing, it's like, fuck, I got to fucking show it to this guy. Like I've been doing this forever. If I like it and the guy that I'm working with likes it, should it be good? Like, Yeah. And then you got to give him another rough edit and then he doesn't like one little chop or something. Yeah. You're like, yo, fuck off. This works, man. Cut me a fucking break, dude. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what, when did you get like that? You got, Red Bull after your pro or before your pro or like when does that come in? So I've been working with Red Bull since like 08 as well, man. Oh, like wow. Almost, yeah, 15 years. But like I wasn't getting really paid by them at that point. And they also didn't make me wear the hat. Okay. Um, You know, like so, for example, like the first trip that they kind of helped me on was like me going to Miami in 2008 in February. You mm. know, like they gave me they gave me a $200 check to like pay for some food, but I didn't even have a bank account at that time that I couldn't even cash it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, Fuck. so it was pretty, yeah. Like it was pretty crazy at that point. Um, so they, they, they've always been helping me, but then when I finally got contracted to where like I had to wear the hat was when I turned pro, um, okay. in 2014. Um, then like, they were like, I turned pro. And then like a month later, we did this project in Canada at this abandoned resort on the East coast of Canada in nova uh in halifax nova scotia actually just outside of halifax apologies but it was like this abandoned resort that was built by the germans back in the 90s 80s and like they built the whole structure and like there's a bunch of spots like inside like some of the rooms are finished but then like they went home after the summer and they never came back to finish it oh wow it was actually a really cool like experience and like, yeah. So I went over there and then that's when I, yeah, they gave me like the hats and like, you got to wear this in this project you're on. Da, da, da. Like, oh, shit. Is there any option in the contracts? Like has any pro said I'm coming in, but I'm not wearing the hat or is it like it's the hat or, or you're not on? Yeah. Essentially it's pretty much what it is. Like you have to wear the hat, but there is a claw in the contract where it says, you don't have to wear the hat as long as you're wearing something branded Red Bull. So whether it's a t-shirt, maybe a pair of their pants, if you know, but they're skinny jeans, but, um, oh, you know, okay. um, yeah, not the best, uh, fitting clothes for me personally and my aesthetic. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, at one point too, like, um, I started kind of taking it into my own hands and I started making my own denim. Like I got my, like I used I get all my pants, like custom made from this guy in Indonesia and I hit him up and I asked him to kind of put the Red Bull patch on my pants. Cause oh. I just, I just, at, during COVID, I didn't have any hats. It was hard to get stuff, whatever. Yeah. And that, a lot of the hats didn't fit me. You know, like I have a smaller head. I have like a six, seven, eight, you know? Whoa. Like actually, actually, I'm not even joking. Damn. <laughs> so like, it's hard for me to like wear certain hats. Uh-huh. But yeah, I ended up like getting the Red Bull patch on my pants and just kind of rocking with it for a bit. And like they were cool with it, but 
they also like told me like just recently they're like hey if you could kind of steer away from that a little bit like you can still do it to a certain extent but not as consistent like we still need to have you branded in certain projects and i was like yeah okay like i understand you know like you guys want to be like represented properly so i obviously i try to do what i can for them and facilitate because it's like you know but um it's hard to match that hat sometimes because it's <laughs> doesn't doesn't fit my head properly, you know. <laughs> well, I always say being a street skater is better than being a vert skater because if you have to wear the helmet, it's way worse. <laughs> you know, yeah, the hat the hat's a little more tolerable for sure. Uh, yeah. Where did you get the inspo for the pants and stuff? Like, were you just always like, I need baggy pants and couldn't find the right thing, and then you kind of designed them, or? I think uh, so. It all kind of trends back to like the roots of like my skating when I grew up and I started skating, like I got a bunch of hand-me-downs as a kid. So I was mm-hmm. wearing everything way too big. And, okay. um, I ended up like, you know, finally getting sponsored and like, no, you're a medium. No, you're a large. And I'm like, no, I, I want XL or double XL. Like, and I want fucking 38 pair of pants. And like, they end up giving me like 38 skinny jeans. <laughs> so like, you know, like, yeah, they're 38s, but like, they're, they don't fit like 38s, you know? And I was like, damn, like, I'm just, I guess I'm just too big, you know? Like, I don't know, like, didn't make sense to me, but I ended up like getting to a point where, you know, obviously like at that time too, like you hearing a little bit of my upbringing, I didn't have like a lot of like financial help and I didn't really have parents that were able to help either at that point. Mm-hmm. So I kind of... You know, anytime like there was like a program with one of my sponsors or an incentive, I just would do it, you know, like for back in the day, I rode for like RDS and they would pay me 50 bucks a clip if I tag RDS on a post and I got like a thousand likes. So like if I did that every single day, I would get an extra, you know, 1500, maybe more on my check. So it was like easy Mm -hmm. easy money for me as long as i was just wearing the clothes so i always just did that and then it got to a point where i quit rds in 2018 because i just like i didn't really like a lot of like the clothes that they were wearing like making at that time and i just wanted to like wear what i wanted to wear i was sick of like just wearing everything that like my sponsors gave me and i didn't have my own identity because everyone wore the same shit Mm -hmm. so i ended up just starting to buy blank t-shirts like wholesale and then i started buying actually polar cargo pants that was kind of what started kicking it off for me because i really liked the fit of those Uh uh-huh and then i rocked that for a solid year and a bit almost two years and like i was buying them all online like no shops had them anymore i was like buying them all like off crazy random websites it was so hard to find (laughs) i still have a brand new pair of them Uh just for just for like just for nostalgic vibes you know like yeah but um so <laughs> yeah, so I rocked those and like I ended up like hearing about this guy, Indra, which is uh this guy who owns a company called Televizi Star. And um he does like the custom embroidery with the VX on all the pants pants for like a bunch of people. And like I hit him up and I was like, Hey man, like I have a certain pant that I like and can I give you the measurements and like, you know, can you make them for me and I'll pay you for each pair, you know, like full price i really don't mind and he was like no way yeah of course and then like so i sent him like my sizing of the polar pants like we went on facetime and i got him the exact dimensions and then yeah that's when i just started getting like my own 
custom denim cargos and I'd like switch the different stitching on them, like whatever. And then that's kind of like what I've been running since pretty much, I think it like was right at the beginning of like right at the beginning of COVID, if not a little bit before, you know? Right. Okay. Um, let's talk about Wallenberg though. Uh, <laughs> I, I filmed a real good clip of you there. Yeah. Yeah. Switch front side, big spin, right? That's it. Yeah. 2015 i think or was 20... that i wanted to i was trying to remember if it was the first like did you go there and try it and come again or was that that what you went there to try it and you did it right yeah well i switched front three to probably like two months prior uh, like okay. i was out there in february like filming with a bunch of canadian homies and then i like switched front three to it and then we were gonna go on a blind tour and then when we went on the blind tour um we, I was like, yo, we got hoops in the van. Like, Levy got all the posse. Romar was down to skate it too. Mickey said that he might want to skate it. So we were like, all right, like, yo, let's do it. Like, we called you guys. And then, yeah, yeah, you guys brought the fucking ramp. And then, yeah, Romar was trying Molly 3 for a little bit. And then I was trying to switch Biggie. But I was like, fucking juice that day you remember that i don't know if you remember that day i was juice no for sure yeah it I was, was sick I, I mean i kind of like had skated with you a few times like actually i was gonna say i think because i went to la one time and i met up with like you Desenzo, apple yard you guys were skating this like uh diy like place I, I i don't really know where it was i feel like it was pasadena or somewhere out by a, a freeway but that day, I remember you and Desenzo telling me about getting paid for Instagram clips. And that was yeah. the first time I had ever heard of this. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I was just like, blown. I mean, obviously now, like, it's kind of almost standard. But at yeah. that time, you guys had it going and you were explaining it to me. And I think I filmed the line with Apple. I can't really remember, but it was just like this, like, Kind of like where a building was and it's not there anymore. So it was just like a yeah. flat thing. I think it was a La Mirada, La Mirada DIY, I believe. And Duffy was there? Yeah. I'm almost yeah. positive it was that one. Because like there's a bunch of ledges and stuff. It was like almost an industrial area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Close yeah. To- yeah, but yeah. so that was like I had met you a few times. But at, getting back to Wallenberg, like, yeah, dude, I would say like whatever Red Bull's putting in those drinks, you were, you were taking them down. You were like fucking hyped uh, yeah no i honestly like i don't drink coffee so like my red bull is my coffee in the morning mm-hmm. you know um i like it personally i mean even if i wasn't sponsored by them like i still drink them so it's sick that like to support them just like on and off too you know like like i said they've been there for me since like the gecko and like i mean i don't know if you know but like i went through cancer last year they paid all my fucking bills Wow, I didn't yeah, I didn't know yeah. about the paying the bills. I know you went yeah, through cancer. Yeah, yeah, like they paid all my bills to make sure that I had a peace of mind going through like what I had to go through and like I had no like crazy bills like an overhead, you know? Cuz like you know how health insurance is out here like I didn't have like the best health insurance for my plan, so I had a huge out of pocket maximum. But like they paid that debt like straight up. They're like, "Yo, don't trip. You're uh-huh. going to be good." You know? So like I said, like they've been literally from like the first first time like you know rocking with me and like them giving me my freedom to where i like you know like they, they, they've they've had my back so i got nothing but love for them you know fuck yeah um 
did you had you done something like I don't know if you can even say similar, but like, did you do that trick somewhere that was pretty big that you were like, I think I can do it at Wallenberg? Or did you just say, I switched frontside 360, so I think I can do some other shit there? Or like, what was the thinking? I think it's both. Um, so growing up in Canada, like there's this one spot that uh, is pretty big. It was like a 12 stair in my, like right beside my hometown. And, um, I switched three that back in the day mm. it was, um, probably like 2012. And then I switched big spin to like pretty quickly, like around that time too. And then when I went to Wallenberg and I switched three to it, I was like, Oh, like, I'll just treat it like that Durham set. Like I got this, you know? And like, I also like at that point, like I was pretty good at switch big spins so I was like, all right, like, it's just, I don't know. I was just feeling it. And I was like, let's just do it. You know, yeah. I like, yeah, I like that. I like that. Those two tricks to jump down stuff. Like it's, they're like a good feeling. I haven't really done a switch biggie in a long time though. I'm not going to lie. Hmm. Like I mean, I was gonna, that was what I was going to ask is where do you go after that? <laughs> no, that's it. Right. Like, it's did like, you retire that trick for, you know, it's like, fuck. Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple times where, like, for switch front threes, like, I always continued that trick on for a little bit, but I haven't really done one in a while that um mm -hmm. that was, like, substantial. Like, I think the last one that I did that was, like, I think was the Tucson 15. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I did it on Hollywood 16. I did it on Wallenberg. And then I was, like, I wanted to do it on Tucson. Did it on Tucson. And I haven't really thought of another spot to do it on. So I just kind of been showing on that trip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I, I want to hear your perspective because I was there and I want to hear your perspective coming to SF with Desenzo because Jake ordered a trick. He wanted the biggest kickflip in SF. You guys show up to look at the school and all that shit. Like what, what's going on? I mean, it was such a crazy one because the actual double set, the Diego Ollied, uh, I think there was like, there was construction or something The the run up yeah. wasn't able to do. So we went and looked at the other set, but like, wh what are you and Ryan talking about on the way there and stuff? And like, when you get there and see it, like, what's the, tell me the vibe. Honestly, Ryan is so fucking sick. He's the best dude to like get the ultimate hype from. Like when you're like wanting to skate something big, like he gets like, he turns into like this little kid and he just like, he breaks it down in a simplified math that it's like, Oh, like anyone could do this. It's too easy. <laughs> and like, you just get stoked and like, he just brings this energy where you're just like, all right, fuck it. Like, let's just go. And like, yeah, he's the best to jump down shit with. And um, yeah, like we we're talking on some random shit. I don't, I don't even honestly remember like, ex like the whole conversations. I just remember us going there. And then I think we slept at Double Rock the night before and we didn't get the best sleep. And then we woke up, went there, met up with all you guys. And like Ryan was warming up. And I just remember like, he was like, oh, like, I got this. And like he... At first, he wasn't really feeling it, I don't think. Maybe he was, but at least from what I remember. And, like, then he ended up, like, getting juiced up. And he fucking almost did it, like, first try. And mm -hmm. I was like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> and 
then he ended up not landing it. And I just remember fucking Phelps being like, all right, well, if you're done, he just points at me. He's like, get up there then. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. Yeah. And like at that time, like I smoked a bunch of weed. I I didn't expect to skate. I'm just like chilling in cheerleading mode for Ryan, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, fuck me, man. I'm like, all right, like Phelps <laughs> calling me out like that, like goddamn legend. All right, I guess I'm doing this then, you know? Fucking. So I ended up like getting warmed up. You were there. I tried it. I fucking had it. I like yeah. did one bit. Ba- I did it, Baker Maker. Like I rode away, but like put my hands down and like kind of slipped back. But like I still like stood up. My feet were on the board. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I didn't get the one that I wanted. And I hit my head too. I think Ryan oh, hit yeah. his head. Yeah, I like my. I think I hit my head and like I fucking my legs just exploded. And then me and Ryan drove our asses back to fucking HB that right after that. Like, we were supposed to stay and, like, go stay at Double Rock and kick it for a night. But we are like, yeah, fuck this. And we drove all the way home. And, like, on the way home, he was so fucking sore. He was, like, speeding. And we got pulled over and he got a ticket. We were just oh. like, fuck. Like, just a double fuck you, you know? Like, uh, it, was a, it was a good trip. Like, it, gained, it made us uh, gain a lot of XP and knowledge, you know? Like, I was stoked on that. Yeah, and then Ryan came up on New Year's Eve and, and got I didn't it. Get, I didn't get the fucking invite or I would have been there too. Oh, damn. <laughs> that that day was epic because it was like, yeah. it's New Year's Eve. And I remember Ryan showed up and I think his his quote was, I'm either going home celebrating or I'm going home on a stretcher or something like that. Exactly. Like, damn. Oh, man. Uh Actually, the goat, man, goddamn legend. So much respect to that dude, man. He's still flying, dude. Like it's crazy to see what he does still on a board, you know? Yeah, He's fucking thirty-seven. It's insane. I know some of these dudes. I mean, you, you too. Like your legs. It's like I was talking to somebody about uh, Jaws, and I'm just like, dude, his <laughs> legs are just like gum or something. Like you can't. Like it's insane. Like the drops and all that craziness. Yeah. Yeah, he's a different breed. You look at his legs, you're like, damn, like his knees do look crazy because of yeah. how big of the impact his ollies are, you know? <laughs> Blood wizard. Blood wizard. Blood wizard. Blood wizard. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Tell me about the um, TJIF part because I think this, I don't know, is this maybe your favorite part you've done? It, it To me, it was a lot of things. And, and one of the main things is it felt like since it's S, it was kind of a homage to Menek Mahdi, the way it, it starts in the music and then your headphones come off and then you put them back on and it's another song. Like the, the part was really edited. Well, the tricks are amazing. Like, is, is that your favorite part or my, yeah, no, it's definitely like by far my favorite part that I put out to date. Um, I'm just by for many reasons, you know, like I worked and on ghost that. face, like ghost face. Yeah. Is so, oh man, it's well, good. Well, not, 
I mean, Kev Perez killed it on the editing, you know. Um, he real. did a really good job. He did a really, really good job with putting that piece together. And, um, <laughs> you know, I worked on that footage for, I don't know, what was it, a year and a half maybe? Like somewhat, like give or take. Um, yeah, Was that like the first thing you filmed post pandemic or was some of it during pandemic or like what? It was, it was all, it was all the pandemic. Oh, it was. That was all pandemic. Okay. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, I mean in 2020 when the pandemic happened, I dropped like, uh, that's when I honestly, when the pandemic started, that's kind of when I had like a rebirth, I feel with like creating content and skating, you know, like I fell in love with it because I wasn't like going to these contests and being a puppet. I was like doing what I wanted to do every day. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do was like create video parts and like, like skate some like grungy, like sides, like cutty shit, like that. I just have been skating lately, you know, like that's like just something that like challenged me differently than anything else that I was like, I want to just do that, you know? So yeah, that, specific part yeah because that came out last year in may when i was going through chemo and i filmed yeah all of 21 and a little bit of 22 yeah so that timing is pretty crazy too like are you finished filming when you find out you get cancer or did you Almost. still have to huh? i think that part was like pretty much all done actually the more okay. I think about it, I think like, I filmed all of that stuff like in 21. And then I found out I had cancer in January 22. Oh, man. And then that's when like I was like, oh, shit. And then like, you know, I had surgery February 10th because they didn't know if it was cancer or not yet. Like, And then I had surgery. Then like three weeks after had blood work and they're like, Oh, your shit's still elevated and spiked. Come back in two weeks to get blood work. If it's not, uh, if it hasn't gone down, you're going to have to do chemo. So obviously went back two weeks later, it was still spiked. So I had to do chemo. And then that happened, that started like the March 28th. And then that's kind of when I started like, okay, Hey, like I can't skate for a while. I need to like start organizing my footage and everything that I have just to like, you know, keep me not only mentally, but like something sane and like stimulated on something and focused to where like mm. I have things that I could look forward to rather than just like dwelling on like something I couldn't control in that mind at that time, you know? Right. Oh yeah. That's yeah. That's how, yeah. That, all that footage, the TJIF was 21. Like what, were you pretty scared when you first found out? Or are you just like, Jesus Christ? Like how big of a impact did that make on you? I, it was definitely like life changing. Don't get me wrong. But at that time I was really just like in the mental state of being like, all right, well, yo, I can't control any of this shit that's going on with my body. Let's not stress. Let's not fucking like panic. Like I'm just, you know, just going to chill. Like, fucking still skate just do my regular shit just don't overwork myself and just like keep it mellow and then i ended up like talking with all the doctors in january then i had surgery and then i think like 17 or 18 days after surgery i like tried to skate and then i like did some tricks and i was like fucking stoked i was like okay i'm back huh. and then like it was just like ledge tricks you know like i did like a switch back 50 
on the ledge and I was like, switch the back tail. I was like, fuck yeah, like feeling pretty good, you know? Okay, yeah. And then, um, yeah, after that, that's when I found out I had to do chemo and I was like, oh shit. So I just like kept, and like also when I, after I had surgery and shit, like Red Bull has this APC center, which is the athlete performance center. And like, yo, they, they like worked on me every day, like on my scar tissue, like stretching me out to make sure that like, everything that like happened to me was like not gonna like affect me in the long term you know so like wow. when i was going through all this shit like i was still going to physio and i was going to the gym and training like just doing shit to make sure that like i didn't lose all of my muscle you mm-hmm. know damn because because like when you go on chemo typically like schmidt like you know like you lose weight typically right yeah like, yo i fucking gained 25 pounds oh damn I gained 25 fucking pounds. Did you have any side effects? Like, were you nauseous or sick in any way? Or I was a little nauseous at times, but I never puked because the doctor specifically told me, he's like, yo, TJ, smoke weed. Really? He's like, smoke weed. Now, like, at that time, I wasn't really, like, smoking too much. Like, I was kind of, like, on, like, a cleanse. I was just doing what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. And I started smoking weed again. And that helped me so much just to pack on the pounds because I was just getting so hungry after I'd smoke. Right. And even though like I'd do the chemo, I'd smoke a joint after I'd still get hungry because of like, you know, you just get the munchies. For sure. And like the doc and the doctor would be like, Oh yeah, like eat McDonald's, get a McFlurry, go get a frosty at Wendy's, <laughs> like go to Burger King, have it your way. Do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> like you're going through some crazy shit. Like it doesn't matter. You're gonna get through it. Just like make sure to pack on the pounds. Okay. I was like, All right. So did the doctor kind of make you feel like this is, you're going to be okay? Yeah, for sure. It was comforting because like the thing is, is like with testicular cancer, like it's a, as long as you do the the four rounds of chemo, like it's a 96% success rate to where like it shouldn't come back, you know, like it's a very like common cancer, but they kind of figured out the science or whatever behind it to where like, you know, it's curable, you know? But, um, yeah, it's pretty wild. Dude, I'm, I mean, seems like. Dude, I'm showing. I'm I showing know. I mean, that's, that's the story, right? Like, that's yeah. like, and you're only half, you're not even halfway through your life. And, like, that's, yeah. you, you've got a lot to tell. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Definitely what, a crazy life. What's the um thing in the TJIF that took you the most, like, what was the <laughs> hardest thing in there that you battled that you that you were most stoked on getting ah man i mean i could tell you just a funny story about the part i think everyone would get a crack out of it yeah let's hear um well you're talking about the clip with like the switchback lip and then like i dropped my headphones and i and i put put them back on song switched yeah like uh like that's like a famous spot um in toronto it's called sky dome 13 um and like Chad Fernandez knows one today back in the day, four on one for a shy shit. Oh. You know? Like it's an, it's an OG classic rail. Okay. Um, so like I went on this like tour in Canada, I was like skating and filming, doing my thing. And I ended up like working on switchback lips that whole summer. And unfortunately like my homie, Mitch Barrett, like mystics, he like gave me a bear hug when we were drinking one night partying and he popped my rib out. <laughs> and like my rib was fucked you know and like what? It, it was fucked and like i still had to like finish the tour and i had like another like eight or nine days whatever i had like two or three more weeks in canada like and right the last few days like after the tour was done 
I had like two or three more days in Toronto. I was like, all right, like I want to go do this. Like, fuck it. You know, my ribs feeling okay. But right. I ended up like drinking. I went and grabbed a bottle of tequila and I fucking drank like a third of it, like a solid, like solid chunk of it. And it like warmed up my ribs and I started doing like push ups and shit, like, you know, jumping jacks, all that shit. <laughs> And then, like, I was like, all right, I called the filmers and the photographer. I'm like, you guys fucking ready? Let's go. Ah. And I just started yelling and, like, went there. And then I did it for a try, wasted. No way. <laughs> yeah. Damn. yeah. Wow. Shout out to <laughs> Dustin Dolan. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> fucking <Damn>. legend. <laughs> <Inspo. Wow. laughs> and, and, and you don't really skate rails that much, right? No. Like, no, that I don't might skate be rails. the only rail in that whole part probably yeah and it was huh. like yeah yeah i don't like i have my certain tricks to skate on rails don't get me wrong like i used to skate rails a lot like i that one rail uh niger kick 50 the descenso front boarded in his double down part like, right. i was there with rhino like i switched back boarded it like that curve one yeah yeah um you know like i've done some like crazy kink rails and all that shit but like i don't know everyone does that shit nowadays and like I'm sick of seeing the same thing and everyone goes there and like post 50 fifties or five O's and crazy Smith grinds on like crazy rails. And I'm just like, damn, like I would have used that for my part. I that know. I'm just like, but Lil, like some of the shit that I do that I post on Instagram, people would use for their part. So it's right. like, yeah, pick and choose your battles and just do what like is, uh, what makes you feel good at the end of the day too. Right. Like, skating rails i liked skating but like i said it was so limited because everyone just has done everything where yeah. like i could i could go to a ledge and like i have my staples but i also have a bunch of other like cool creative things that i could kind of put together as like a two-piece and they could com complement each other rather than just like skating a rail you know mm. yeah i mean that kind of brings us to the uh the ninja thing you that uh was that that's a barracks uh contest right uh the what was it ninja training or something oh yeah 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 they did the ninja training yeah 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 Yeah, i mean those are gnarly where it's like you're gonna do this to this to this and then out like yeah what was uh i saw it was you and who was the other guy that you were skating uh, with was it uh, felipe gustavo uh, gustavo ribeiro maybe gustavo, gustavo ribeiro oh, okay Damn, how well, was that fun or was that like yeah, how long did how long did that take? To be honest, I think it was pretty quick. Oh really? I think, I think I did it quick and then like we decided to like film one and then it took me a little bit. But like I think we did it and then we we're like, okay, let's do one, you know? Okay. That's typically sometimes like at the barracks, that's how they like they do their like content. Like like they talk about it and they think about like, okay, what are we gonna do? And then like you know, they think of an idea or somebody does something and they're like, oh, let's do that, you know? And then they like pull the cameras. Right. Okay. Damn. Uh, what about the um, the OG respect in SF? Of course, that fucking fired oh. me up. Who's, how did that all come about? Or you just film like a full yeah. part in SF? <laughs> well, first and foremost, I had to show you guys some respect, you know? <laughs> uh, but um, no, like I just beat cancer. Um, you know, like I finished chemo June 3rd of 2022 and there was a goal. Like I knew I had a colorway coming out at the end of the year. And like, I had a goal of mine that I just like really wanted to like film like a full part by the end of the year. And 
I was like, I can't film it in LA. Like I'm, I'm tapped in LA, you know, like I've been here for a few years and I've just biked around and I've just skated a lot of it to where like, there's still, don't get me wrong, tons of shit for me to skate. But, um, I like traveling a little bit more because it gives me that spark to where I'm like, Hey, I'm only here for a few days. Right. I don't know when I'm going to come back. I want to make the most of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, um, let's go to SF. I have like X, Y, and Z that I want to do. And like, maybe we could try and just film like a minute, minute and a half, who knows, right. Of footage. And then, yeah, we went out there for a weekend and then filmed like two and a half days of it. Like we went out there on a Thursday, skated Friday, Saturday, we are yeah might have the days mixed up one one back more because i took like i skated one day i got eight clips the next day i skated half the day i got like five four or five clips and then the next day i got like another like seven or eight and then that was like all right i'm done and then we drove home oh, okay. and then like and then he compiled all the footage and it was like two minutes and 40 and they're like oh yeah like we could use this and I was like, okay, cool. Like, fuck yeah. So then they use that for like a little colorway part, you know? Yeah, that's so rad, dude. I get hyped when people come to the city and film, especially like a substantial amount. I mean, uh, Westgate's part in the America video always stood out to me just because yeah. he came and hit the hills and just, it's so sick how Miner filmed it and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, really well put together, that part. Yeah. The Brandon it's, one, it's so it, fucking it's, sick. It's classic. When you mm-hmm. come to SF, is there anything that is a tradition for you? Like, is there any uh, food spots that you continually hit? Do you have any, like, connection to the city that you're, like, looking forward to anything when you come up here? Oh, man, I fucking, so many things, you know, that I love to do whenever whenever I'm there. I mean, there's this one restaurant, Dagwoods. Dagwoods, yeah. Fire. Love okay. that spot. All right. So good. Um, I love those food truck places too, like for food and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. those are like the jams, like those kind of spots. Um, people that I always tend to hit up, like I always try to hit up Dan Z. Like that's kind of like my the guy that I always think of every time I come into town. Mm-hmm. Um, try to hit up other people too, but I don't. I don't like bothering people, and you know, like sometimes when I come down there, I just like go and I just do my thing and I go home, you know. But I definitely need to make it more of a point to come out there and holler at all you guys. Maybe go into the warehouse and grab a fucking box or something. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I was you at know, the like, I, dude. I was at the mag. Uh, fuck, I don't remember. It was probably a month ago. And Tony came back from lunch or whatever. He's like, I just seen TJ at EMB like skating that ledge out or something. <laughs> yeah, that's dude, fucking hilarious. For a random yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I drove out there for one fucking day. That, I literally left my house at like 6.30, 7 in the morning, got a filmer, and then drove up to SF, skated that spot, got two clips, and then I left and went and skated Oakland Courthouse, and then I drove all the way home. Oh, damn. Did you get some at the courthouse? I got a couple things. Nice, dude. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's... Yeah. No, I'm stoked. I'm like, I'm hyped on... I'm honestly more hyped on the courthouse clips than that outledge. Uh-huh. Like I you, was almost, I was like so horny to skate that outledge that like I was, I was ready just to kind of take whatever I could get. Yep. But like I went to the courthouse before and I looked at it, but I didn't like know exactly what to try, but I had, like, I knew the ledges and how I wanted to skate the spot. Right. So then when I got there, like there was no pressure because I already skated the outledge and like, you know, fucking I was feeling pretty good. And yeah, you got a couple things I'm stoked on. Fuck yeah, man. It seems like you're just constantly 
you go from one project right into the next. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, especially like after chemo too, especially like I always have been very like goal driven, but also like I'm not getting any younger. And like I said earlier, I've stayed in fucking 10,000 days, man. Like I know what I want and I know how to put a project and a piece together the way that I know that I'll be proud of and other people could be hyped on too, you know? Right. And like, I have a really good vision right now. It's just like what I want to do in the next couple of years that, you know, I'm just going to keep my head down and hopefully it comes into like fruition and I get everything like I, or I'm, I get everything done that I want to get done with these projects. Cause like yep. I, and I will just see what happens, you know, like I'm just really hyped just to not only get like a second chance at life again, but just to like, feel that stimulation again physically and mentally like to you know just like have that fire under me and push me like a little kid i don't know i get stoked on that shit yeah that's fucking rad i mean i think you're a big inspiration for a lot of people especially with everything you've gone through but like just the last couple of years especially just seeing this stuff and hearing your story and like your mentality and your positivity and all that stuff like what like coping mechanisms are you using like is this is there intentional like don't let this darkness in like how do you deal with it all i'll be real schmidt i i there's multiple ways that you could like look at life you know like everyone has their own demons we all get dealt a certain amount of cards that we're dealt with and we want to try and make the best of each and every situation, you know? And obviously it's easier said than done at times. And there's certain times where like, you know, you're influenced by certain financial obligations or, you know, what you think is cool or you're going to be accepted. Right. But like, I've gotten to the point for me, like, I just want to do what is going to make me happy at the end of the day. Cause no mm -hmm. matter what anyone else fucking thinks, like it doesn't matter. You know, like I just truly like, I almost fucking died. Like I just want to live and just skate and just like look forward to something next. You know, I want to continue to keep looking forward to that next day, that next project, that next year, instead of like not really be just being in contentment, honestly, and just kind okay. of like letting it go. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I've skated for so long and there has been times where I've let go of the gas a little bit and not to say that I was a bad thing, but like I got too comfy and I did like, I wasn't as driven and as focused as I am now. And I don't, I don't like that because that didn't, it made me feel like maybe at one point that I was like, I had everything that I wanted, but it's like, I didn't mm -hmm. and like, I still, and I still don't. So why am I going to let off the gas pedal now when mm -hmm. I still have so much more to live for? And like, so many more experiences and so much to like that I have goals, you know, like I have so many things that I want to achieve and I know Rome's not built in a day, but the more that I'm able to stay consistent with it and like keep doing my best and have this fucking smile, like it's all that matters. <laughs> and, and going back to your question too, in terms of like, like how do I cope and how do I go through with all of these types of things? Yeah. I think, I think I personally, I always kind of like look back and I reflect on the fact that like, yeah, no, I, I did have like a really amazing career. Like I had so many people looking out for me, helping me and like really helping me guide me to get to where I am now. Mm. But like, I never gave up. 
And I never fucking said no to anything along the way. And I always tried to like, just do my best, you know, in each and every situation. And I always tried to remember too, that like, it could always be worse. You know, like anytime that I was down on myself or like, I was like, Oh fuck, like the world hates me or like, I'm not doing good enough for myself. Like, I'd always just try and reflect and just remember that like, Hey man, like we all have our bad days. And like, sometimes when we're on that up, the only way is down. So just try and like keep that consistency in the middle and like, you can have your waves of going up and down, but like never want to stay at the top because if you're always at the top, the only way is you, the only way is down. And like, you never want to feel that. Cause that's like when you really like break down and you're not able to like truly like think with like, logically you know you're thinking with your emotions and you're not you're not making the right decisions for yourself you know yeah so you always good, gotta man. just gotta just stay grounded and just know that like everything happens for a reason first and foremost but like just make sure to do always do your best you know when and life's I, too short right and i say it like a broken record but we are skateboarders so guess what that means we have an understanding of balance. Balance is everything in life. Like you don't want to be an extremist to either side. You want to stay focused, which is centered, center of gravity, always like dabble here, but make sure there. So you're like balanced. And like, I feel like that came to me a lot later in life, that mentality, but it really is kind of that old cliche thing, like everything in moderation. Like I believe in that. I was just that. about to say that. I was just yeah. about to say it's all in balance and moderation of knowing like, <laughs> you know, uh, knowing like, okay, hey, you had a couple crazy months skating, traveling, like take a little bit of time for yourself. To do yeah, you need that, a recharge. You know? like, yeah, everyone deserves that, you know. And, you know, it's, for example, like, you know, uh, at the beginning of this year, I took a couple of months off, like still skating with skate park and stuff, but I wasn't filming. Like I've been working on a bunch of stuff this year, but it only really started since May 3rd. Okay. And like, I got like four projects fully done right now. That rips. But like, but like, you know, I've been working hard for the last like six months at that to where now I'm like fully done. And I have a couple of little trips coming up. I leave on wednesday to go to mexicali for five days and then right after that i go straight to australia for two weeks Damn. and then after that then i'm kind of chilling you know but mm -hmm. those are those aren't for like a, a video part you know like all the parts that I've, i'm done i'm kind of done and now i just got to figure out a home and also figure out the editing process of them okay so well pretty I've, stoked i've been down on market street we're building a little plaza cement plaza in between seventh and eighth on market by those fountains mm -hmm. and uh frank gerwer has been helping us and i hey. told him i was interviewing him and he's like dude the thrasher week the thrasher trip this guy you gotta ask him about day one the guy or i don't know if it was day one but you got broke off and disappeared and then all of a sudden same day you you show up at a double set ready he was like it was insane yeah yeah no fucking <laughs> so we went to lee sides and i i was just so horny because the first i've only been on two thrasher trips one for king of the road as a mystery guest in 2013 oh, yep and then literally 10 years later i was on the thrasher vacation tour okay yeah like just crazy the coincidence literally 10 years apart you know and, and it's in canada right yeah this one was in canada yeah. and like 
So we went to Lee Sides, uh, like this like big bowl like under the bridge and whatnot. And I'm skating with Rainy and everyone. I'm like, you know, just trying to get my feet wet a bit. Cause again, I kind of skated a bit of tranny as a kid, not that big, but still. I ended up trying like a back back lip slide and I came in and like my backside started to shoot out and I just fucking fell right to the, my hip, like just slam. And it like definitely popped my back and my hip out a bit. Like I could feel like the strain in my back and I was like, yo, this isn't going to be good for the whole trip. Like I need to go get looked at. So I ended up like asking my homie Mitch, um, to drive me to fucking myo detox which is this physio place that i knew of and i went there and like luckily they had an opening she fucking popped me back into place and like gave me a little bit of a massage for an hour and then i called them they're like oh yeah we're here we're gonna go to this double i was like all right perfect and then they're like tj what do you got <laughs> and i was like oh fuck i mean I'm glad it was today because I'm still like on that high still. But like, if this, if you asked me tomorrow, I probably wouldn't have skated, you know. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I ended up like skating it. I got like a got a switch back. I got a switch pop shove on it, and then a switch back heel. And then yeah, we just kept moving. It's pretty be, good. But before <laughs> before you did anything, the fucking boombox came out, and what oh, song yeah. got you hyped? Oh, I mean, fuck. I want to get away. Yeah, yeah, that was was definitely the the song for everyone else to remember me by, for sure, was the Letty Kravitz Fly Away, for sure. I, like, when we skated that double, I put it on at, like, 9 a.m. Like, (laughs) fucking crazy. That was a a crazy story, too. Like, I got another one where, uh, like, we went and skated Go Skate Day all day we're at dinner and then Galia Mamalu messages me and he's like, yo, like bring the team over to this restaurant that I'm at. And everyone was like, no, nah, like we're too tired. And like Wes was like, Oh, I haven't seen Galia in like a decade. Like, fuck yeah, I'm down. I'll roll. So like me and him, like go say what up to Galia, you know, pay our respects to the Canadian legend. Yeah. And we have like a drink or two and then fucking one thing leads to another. We go to a club and this and that. And like, <laughs> We fucking leave there like three something and then Wes passes out at a pizza spot out front on a chair. <laughs> and then I had to like my phone died and then like I had nowhere, like no recollection of exactly where we were. So I had to finally wake him up and then fucking put my arm out over his shoulder, you know, and like just walked with him back to the hotel, woke him up, you know. It was fucking it was a good night. <laughs> that whole trip was honestly like the best shit in the world. Like I had so much fucking fun. Yeah, that's what Frank said. It was like such a good crew, like Zared and all these dudes. Yeah. It was fucking really put well together and then hitting all the spots across Canada. Joe Brooks a rad dude to fucking kick yeah. it with, photographer. Um honestly, that whole trip was not only life changing, but like like so memorable for me because like not only was it like my first trip like after cancer but like it was just with like I, I put myself out there in a situation that like I normally like I always am down to do those things but like I don't get that opportunity you know and like to have that especially after like the cancer thing like it meant so much to me in so many ways and like how everyone was so like I don't know welcoming and like dude I talked to pretty much everyone on like some deep level shit almost like me and like, you know, and I, I feel like I've got a really good connection with all of them now. And I 
they're like my brothers now. I, I love every single person that was on that trip like so much. And I just can't, I, I hope that I get invited on another one type shit. Like, I, I don't know. I just had so much fun, man. I can't, I can't e- express it enough. Like, uh, it no, you're fucking, in. It was epic, honestly. Like, it's uh, fucking so fun. That rips. What, yeah. what's the deal with blind? You, qu- you quit blind or blind <laughs> or blind actually just is done anyway? Or like what happened there? Yeah. So I quit blind last summer originally. Oh, and, before um, dwindle and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I quit last summer. Cause like they didn't pay me for three months. I was on chemo. Oh damn. Yeah. Like I didn't look through my accounts, you know? And then I looked after and I was like, yo, like I'm missing this. Oh shit. Oh, and I was I realized, you know, some shit and I was like, oh, well, kind of, yeah, I'm not going to say the other thing, but I just was like, all right, fuck this. I'm over it. I just called Luis. I was like, yo, like, I know it's not you, but like, I'm done and I quit. And then he ended up hitting me back. He's like, hey, we got like this really good opportunity. Like, hear me out, please. Like, do you have another opportunity yet? And I was like, no, I just quit. And then he gave me this opportunity and it worked for a little bit. And it was really short lived though, unfortunately. And then I didn't get paid for like six months, like all this year from January to to June. And then I quit like June 1st. And when I finally quit, like I was asking them for boards and they wouldn't give me boards. I was like, why? Like I I want, I need boards. Like I have my own custom shape and shit. I'm like, yeah, like you're not going to give me boards. Like, no, we can't. I was like, okay, well, can I buy boards? And they're like, yeah i was like all right i'll buy 30 boards blank and i fucking quit (laughs) suck you know like and i just quit i was like fuck it oh damn yeah it is what it is honestly it was a good run and when we got let go like i was gonna leave but i was under a certain like deal to where like i had to kind of wait it out a little bit sure and it just yeah it was uh it was a shitty situation for all but Honestly, like all in all, I'm really happy it happened and I'm just excited to see what happens in the future, you know? Yeah, it sounds like a bummer. I mean, I talked to Romar kind of right when it was all going down and he was like, dude, he couldn't really talk about it, but he's like, let's put it this way. Some people are going to court. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, damn, that's yeah, too bad. There's a huge, there's a huge lawsuit right okay. now on Dwindle. But I don't really know the whole specific details and every single thing. But I know there's like, I think 80 people that are on like this thing trying to like sue them. Damn. And like, there's no one really like left at the brand, like all brands at Dwindle. I think there's only like a couple riders left on Blind, which is like Mickey Papa and uh, Mike P.O.R. and uh, Sora. Is Darkstar still there? I, all the brands are still there. Just no one rides for the brands. Oh shit. I'm, okay. I think everyone on every brand, I think left except for blind. Oh, okay. So who are you getting boards from? I just bought blanks. Really? So I just ride, I, yeah. I got, I can show you. I got, I got, I bought like, I bought them in June or like May. I bought like 30 of them and I still got like 10 left 15, like 10 or 12. And then yeah, that's when I need to start figuring it out. I just have been trying to keep it consistent and not like I don't want to give anyone a false impression of like riding a certain board and then people thinking that I'm getting on and I don't like just trying it that I've been just like really just keeping it like really chill, 
trying to just like figure it out. I kind of have something in the works right now. I'm not going to lie to you, but okay. um, it's not a hundred percent. Like, you know, we'll see what happens. Okay. You know? but, I'm, sure, um, I'm sure something will happen and, and yeah. yeah, it's probably going to all be for the good of whatever. Yeah. Right. No, honestly, like the company that I'm kind of talking to a little bit right now, I'm, definitely like really hyped on them and they just have like a really good history and like it's really family oriented it's like a, it's a homie vibe shit you know and i just like i like that a lot because obviously like being with weiss for 15 years like he was like a big brother like a family to me that like even though i wasn't the closest with like the whole team and like we didn't do a lot of trips and this and that but like moving forward i want to like make diff- different changes especially like i said going through like everything i went through like yeah i just really want to do things the way that i want to and like what's going to make me happy you know and like as long as like everyone's down like we're fucking you know we'll just keep it moving you know i, so I still got a i still got a lot of life in me i still want to like i got so many fucking things i want to do that's but rad it's like you know there's okay. only so many days so only so many days in the year but yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. Well, w- winding down, it's been a hell of a year. What yeah. are we thinking for this year as far as like who are going to be the contenders for skater of the year? Who 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 are you looking at as like the dudes that are killing it this year? Fuck, I mean, dude, there's been so many people that have been like doing their thing this year that I'm like really stoked just to kind of see the list, but I kind of have a feeling I know how the list is going to be put together that um i know miles might have a pretty good chance i have yeah. a feeling that I have a feeling that cover shot he just had where he bombs the hill after the front yeah. uh cr- whoo yeah yeah and no, then uh jack o'grady the, yeah. I, I was looking yeah, at just that, the covers this year. ollie yeah, yeah that ollie was <laughs> fucked up um i really like that tom knox cover that just dropped that was oh, sick yep that was super cool. Like thread the needle, almost Joe Valdez. Put some Valdez spice onto this. For real, Fucking, I was hyped on that. And then, yeah, I don't know. Everyone's doing their thing, man. Honestly, like, have any video parts spoken to you? Like, have you like watched a video part a bunch of times this year of anything that got you stoked? I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank when I get put on the spot like this right now. Yeah, no, no worries. I, honestly, I've been on the road since that Thrasher trip. I got oh. home a couple. I got at home a couple days ago. Yeah, well, like, I've you been went on the to road. England or where'd you go? Man, this year's been crazy. Ever since that Thrasher trip, I went home for like less than twenty four hours, and I left, and then I was on the road for a month. Came home for a couple days, then left again for another like six weeks, seven weeks, and then I got home literally a week ago today. And okay. then I leave, I leave in a couple days. Wow. So it's like, it's just been non fucking stop. So yeah, I'm trying to think of all these different videos that I've watched. It's given me the inspo, but I'm mm. just like, I'm still watching the Tyshawn part and all the other shit too from last year that just got me <laughs> juiced too, you know, like yeah. there's certain, there's certain things that were just like really like impactful, but I am looking forward to seeing like some other people's parts that I know that they're just sitting on waiting for you know, a certain time that's going to come out soon, you know, for the Saudi. We're about to unleash a Pedro Delfino part. That's going to be pretty heavy. Yeah. Yo, that was another guy I was going to say, like, I've been waiting to see that part because I was, I was talking with everyone on that thrasher trip and they're saying like, Oh yeah, we're working on something. It's crazy. I was like, I could only fucking imagine. Yeah. Cause I got to see, I got to see Joe like in person, how he skates and yo, he's fucking sick to watch. Like actually, 
he's so like one of my favorites to watch skate. Like he gets so juiced so quickly and like just yo like that just jumps. You're like, what the fuck? Like no hesitation, you know? Like bow. It's like holy shit. It's insane. Well, dude. Thanks for taking the time. Um, I put Desenzo on the spot, and I wonder if I can put you on the spot. I know it's it's not easy, but if 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 uh, let's see, what would it be? Um, what's the okay? Mount Whistler became Mount Rushmore of Canada. Which four skaters would be on the mountain? Rick Howard, uh, Rick McCrank, Mark Appleyard. And either Colin McKay or Moses. Damn, there you go. So I like that. That was pretty close to what he said, except for he has, uh, I think he has Macnow or one of his childhood. Oh, yeah, Macnow. Yeah. Macnow's a good one. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I was just trying to think of like the pioneers, you know, that have like done it like 20 plus. Like when I started skating, they were like the shit. You know, Tony Ferguson, too. He's Canada, right? Right, yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of Canadians that, like, kind of carved the path. Um, fuck, there's a couple other guys, and I'm blowing it right now by not knowing their names. Yeah, so so whenever I, like, forget shit like this, you guys got to remember, too, like, it's called chemo brain. You Ooh. know, like, Is it? like, it's like, it's a, it's a thing, like, that you, like, you know, like, you don't, you can't think of something, like, it's on the tip of your tongue. Like, I used to be a little, I'm always like this, but at least I get to blame it on something now, you know? <laughs> Hey, my friend, my friend, uh, had, uh, he went into a coma for like a while and he came out and he's good and kind of same vibe. Like, fuck, I could have died, whatever. And every time he can't remember, he's like, dude, I was in a coma, man. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. No, because it's, it, it it is a thing. Like if you search online, like, uh, it's, there is a thing that says like for the first like year to like three, depending on the person, like it could be harder to like put certain senses sentences together. And also like your brain gets a little foggy, like on certain times, like if you don't sleep or whatever. Right. Mm. But, um, that's just like getting old. That's how I always look at it. You know, okay. it's all perspective, but yeah, no, I'll blame it on chemo brain when I can't think of something. <laughs> so funny, man. Fucking legend Schmidt legend. Hell Good to yeah, see you, brother. dude, Fuck. for sure. I'm glad we got to catch up. And uh, yeah. yeah, dude, please reach out if you come to SF again. Like, yeah, yeah. I- I'm down at the mag again. I was working from home for three years. So it's oh, kind of crazy going back to the mag, like after three years of hiatus. But uh, it's it's cool because I felt like so out of it at home, like by myself. And then, you know, water cooler talk is actually pretty cool because you get to hear about what else is going on instead of just in your immediacy. But like mm-hmm. I said, we're building this thing down on Market Street. I can't even believe it's happening. It'll be done in like two weeks. It's all cement. We just did a volcano. We did a 60 foot long curb that has like an escalator in it. And then oh, there's kind of like a China Banks esque, uh, like a uh, small tranny to flat bank thing that has marble benches coming out of it. Oh shit. Yeah. It's going to be cool, dude. It's like unbelievable. Dude, yeah. Yeah. So when you come down, when you come back, it'll be there for sure. Cause I, I think yeah. we're going to have it done in like two weeks. Cool. Good to know. Yeah, yeah I know. I've been wanting to actually come back out there and skate the Berg again soon and uh, some other stuff. So oh. depending on, depending if the weather permits and after all these two trips by the end of this month, once I'm home, 
maybe I'll come back out there in like November or something and come ca- catch up with you guys, you know? Yeah, let us know. Uh, Miner's making a, a little documentary on uh, Wallenberg right now. Oh. And uh, there has been some talk of some like NBDs trying to get done um, in this, uh, t- at the end of this, like throughout this year. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of some some people that have some tricks in mind that want to do some shit. And I'm like, Oh shit. But I'll just yeah. tell everybody out there. I've filmed a lot of shit at Wallenberg. And I think I've only been there two times where the guy didn't make it. Like my record for filming at Wallenberg is pretty high percentage. So if you're going to go, you might want old Schmitty. Behind I should the- fucking <laughs> haul at you real quick. Definitely. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it'd be you. good to just kick it too, get some food or whatever. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, next time I come out there, I'm definitely going to holler at you and everybody. I just, yeah, the last two times I go, it's like quick trips. Like, You're on oh, a mission. Of, no, yeah, I get it. Man, yeah, man on a mission where I'm just like, no distractions. I just go and handle and I get the fuck out. But I, I got to go out there and just like show face and kick it too. You know, I just... Yeah, it's 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 well overdue. So I'll make sure to come through ASAP and uh, after these trips and just you know even come out and just I won't even fucking film. I'll just come out there on my once. <laughs> Might have to ask fucking Redder if I could sleep on the fucking quarter pipe or something. Redder's gone. <laughs> uh, Double Rock's done. Oh, fully, fully. Yeah, they there's like a car play. They they had to get rid of that building. So yeah, it's gone. And I think Redder moved up north somewhere. I don't know where he is. Oh, okay yeah. so again I'm, I'm a little out of the loop i guess Fuck. yeah no it's only i mean i think that happened right around pandemic but yeah okay yeah true too sure but dude keep sure. the attitude high like you're seriously inspiring a lot of people my homie mckenny has been hitting me up pretty regularly as far as just like how much juice you're giving him and how stoked he is on like just how you just kind of like handle shit and keep it positive and keep it going so just realize that you are affecting people, you know, besides yourself, that people are looking at how you're doing things and, and it's helping other people. And I think that's always a great thing to help you when you're feeling a little low to, to dig yeah. yourself out of it. You know, you just influence somebody. Thank you for that. Shmitty. It's been yes, tough sir. times for everybody, you know, like some people harder than others, but it's not a contest of depression out here. We're just saying, you know? no. yeah, no, yeah. it's, we're all, you know, at the end of the day, like we're all people, you know, we all have feelings and we all are dealing with something at the end of the day to where we just need to come together as like, as a whole and just like be supportive. We just need to be free and love each other. I believe it. It's not ducking that hard, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you may look at someone, yeah, they may not look cool, but yo, you can fucking talk to him. I bet you he's a pretty cool dude or he went through some shit and now you understand why he looks the way that he does. (laughs) you know or whatever right like yeah man no i get it it's like the whole divisive thing is just killing us we gotta like come together we this whole like separate thing is just it's not a good vibe um and also i want to just give you a big hug but not big enough that it cracks your rib (laughs) fuck yeah appreciate that baby (laughs) hell yeah take care safe travels and yeah stay in touch you as well schmitty have a great weekend and uh it's nothing but love for Same. us, it's uh, it's 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 Thanksgiving today, so uh, in Canada, so we're gonna have some turkey maybe tonight. But uh, ah, okay, October you know. 9th. Yeah, well, yeah, but we'll. we'll my birthday's in eighteen sure. days, so I'll be what thank, day? uh, twenty seventh. I'm the twenty sixth. 
No way. My brother's at 26. No fucking way. Hey, Scorpio. Let's go. <laughs> That's fucking sick. <sighs> I'm going to have yeah. to put that in my reminders right now and holler at you. I will do. Hell yeah. I think Ronnie Sandoval is either 26 or 28. Okay. Yeah. I know Paul Hart is the 27th as well. And Damn. Yuri Ficini is the uh, 26th. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. It's coming. A bunch of us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Hell enjoy yeah, the man. week and whatnot as well. Okay. We'll catch up soon. Okay. Take care. You as well. Later. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.